Tonight um, is being dubbed as Missions Update or Missions, what was, is that right? Update? Highlights. That's what Alan named it, so I'll go by Alan. Missions Highlight. We're going to do this on a monthly basis. Um, we had planned on doing this for some time, but uh, now we are going to put it into place. And the idea is to keep before us our missionaries, the ones we're supporting, as well as to bring us up to date as what is happening in the missions world. And before we have some of the letters read from the missionaries that we support and ask your prayer for them, I want to show you a video concerning the state of the Christians in Iraq at this time. Some time ago, in July actually, we got a bulletin from uh, Dr. Patrick Sugdeo. And I wanted to show, I want to show this before we, and take a look at it before we have the video. Christians around the world are urged to join in a prayer vigil for Iraq, where the church is facing extinction. As believers under intense persecution are being forced to flee. That's happening now. Sometimes we read about these things and we think, these are things that happened long ago. If you read, for instance, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, he talked about believers who were put in jail, who were torn asunder, and all of those things. We say that's history. No, it's happening right now, today. Senior Iraqi church leaders are gathering in Washington, D.C. on Sunday, July 11. This is when it happened. They had a day of prayer for this where day of prayer is taking place for the beleaguered Christian minority in Iraq. The meeting will be held by Dr. Patrick Sugdeo, International Director of Barnabas Fund, which has been assisting Christians since 1999. A moving prayer has been written especially for the event, and the Council of Christian Church Leaders in Baghdad is calling for Christians elsewhere, elsewhere everywhere to join in this prayer. Now, this was from last time, but... I want us to voice this prayer as we, before we see the video as well. And so, as it appears on there, would you read it as a prayer? Although this was for the day in July 11th, it is still something we must be praying for because your brothers and sisters in Iraq are still being persecuted. All right, so let's go on. The pastors... upon the civilized world and the peoples of goodwill to pray for the entire population of Iraq and for its Christian communities who have witnessed for and suffered in the cause of their faith for so long. The call follows the second annual All-Iraqi Christian Leadership Conference and so on and says the church is on the brink of extinction in Iraq as persecution forces Christians to flee to neighboring countries. And even some of the countries do not want to take them for fear of being persecuted themselves. The Christian population of Iraq has declined rapidly from 1.5 million in 1990 to perhaps as low as 400,000 today, with many who remain internally displaced and discriminated against. Over 95% of Iraq's population is Muslim, an extremist wants to cleanse the country of any trace of Christianity, despite the fact that the Christians as Assyrians are the indigenous people of the land. I think that's all we have here. Now, that is the condition. These people there, the Muslims, are out to cleanse Iraq of all Christians. They've been persecuted. You should read some of the horrendous um, stories of what it, exactly what is happening. Now, uh, Greg Sweeting uh, got a documentary concerning this, and I want us to view that now, and then afterwards we can have prayer for the suffering church. But let's watch this video at this time. It's a documentary, it's not acting, it's a documentary.
In the making of this documentary on Iraqi Christians, I traveled to Jordan and to many towns and villages in Iraq. I knew their condition was critical before I started, but I had no idea just how desperate their situation really is. I'm Rob Marcarelli, and I'm the producer of this video. with Jesus now it, it, it will happen for us you must help us now I, I, I have a document in UNHCR in United Nations but, but they didn't help me why I, I want to, to, to move to another country I, I want to, to build my daughter's future now I, I am without house I'm without money I'm without anything now especially my daughter the ancient Christian community in Iraq is facing extinction they are founded in the first century, but because of endless oppression, its numbers have now dwindled by nearly a million since 2003. They are looked upon as infidels and collaborators with the United States, so many of them have experienced religious persecution, kidnapping, torture, and numerous atrocities. Iraqis are the largest population of refugees in 60 years, Christians are a very small minority in Iraq, yet almost one-third of these refugees are Christians. Our fathers, uh, the Assyrian people, and the Arabs, and the Kurds, and the Persians, who became Christian, they accepted Christianity in the end of the first century, beginning of the second century to the third century. We had uh, a lot of churches um, in Persian Empire, in Iraq, basically, and uh, Christianity became stronger until the 7th century when Islam came to the region. The violence that comes with war often brings unintended consequences. Families are forced to leave their homes. Entire communities are traumatized by the bloodshed. Unlike Muslim Iraqis, Christians have no armed militias to protect or defend them, and so they're easy prey for Islamic extremists. Almost two and a half million Iraqis are considered internally displaced people. They've had to flee their homes because of the war and the religious persecution. A significant percentage of these Iraqi Christians have fled to the Nineveh Plain their ancestral homeland. This mother of 11 has been made a widow by terrorists. Her daughter tells the story. We spoke with several lawmakers in Washington who are trying to help, but there is very little political will or public support for their actions. 
Well, the number one priority has to be to deal with the people who have never left, the Christians who have never left. Some in, some in Baghdad now, some down in Basra, but a lot up in the Mosul area. How do, you, how do you help them to keep them from going through what they're going through? Secondly, the Christians who have left, who have gone to both Syria and Jordan and some other countries, who eventually will be returning to Iraq. How do you help them? How do you help them when they're out of the country, living in very difficult conditions? And how do you help them when they come back? I mean, that's, that's the nub of the problem. And, and to get some understanding from our government, the government of the United States, both the State Department and, and, and the embassy of it, but also how to get the attention of, of believers and Christians here in the United States and other Western countries to advocate for. And to, to date, we have seen the embassy not doing very, very much. We have seen the Iraqi government doing almost nothing. And we haven't really seen the church in the West doing very much either. The UN estimates that over two million Iraqi refugees have fled their country. More than half of the Christian community has been forced to leave their homeland. Most of them wait years in these Muslim countries where they can't work. And as Christians, they are often unwelcome. I would still consider that Jordan and Syria have been extremely welcoming towards these, uh, these refugees. Things might change now, in particular as the uh, the means that the refugees had to survive, which is very much uh, savings they had brought with them, or remittances they get back from Iraq. Uh, all these are drying up, and therefore uh, their living conditions are becoming more difficult, and that could generate, um, of course, slips into activities that are less, less benign, and, and that, that's, a, that's a risk that we are concerned with. There have been, of course, abuses, uh, which we are very sorry to look at. Uh, one is uh, the uh, issue of uh, women being used in the in the in the sex trade, and you know, there is a, a terrible word that is used in Syria, which is a survival sex, now, which I find is quite, quite quite pathetic. We were overwhelmed with the people who wanted to tell us their stories, in spite of the fact that it might jeopardize the safety of their loved ones still in Iraq. Whether you pay 30,000 or we will shoot your son. So she, she was forced to pay 30,000 to save her son and then they run away. They kidnapped his brother. And paid more than $250,000. After that, they kill him. After they get the money, they kill him also. 2006. 206? Yes. Your brother? My brother. They get the money and they kill it. It's very important. They, they write it down uh, uh, under the, the information that they have here. Because the money that you give, the money you give to the terrorists, you are helping the terrorists. If your son, would you pay the money or you will wait until you make a hero? Now what uh, uh, the Christian minority um, have been subjected to uh, and subjected to in the past, as I said, history is repeating itself, uh, that uh, uh, they're very, very easy to pick on. 
And so in uh, community after community, home after home, business after business, uh, there is a note left, uh, a telephone call made, uh, all threats. If you do not leave, if you, you are not gone by a week from today or by tomorrow morning, uh, your family or your children will be, uh, will be killed, your home will be burned down, etc., etc. And so what people have done is to try and bring some reason to this to save their children's lives or to uh, stand up for the priest who is the pastor of their church by saying, look, um, uh, if we give you some money, just go away, please, because this is, this is our home, this is our community, uh, and not wanting to be uprooted. Now, you want to take that kind of a scenario and say, uh, well, then they're terrorists for doing this. That's a form of madness in and of itself. We asked for an interview with a representative from the State Department and Homeland Security, but they refused to speak to us on camera. If you ask me what is going on in Iraq and what the Chaldean community or the Christian community in Iraq has endured, there's a lot of gruesome stories needs to be told. One of them, for, for instance, is a widow that her husband was killed, and here her son was kidnapped and she was asked for a ransom. They demanded the ransom. She couldn't come up with the ransom. It's a habit in Iraq. When you uh, provide a meal, you put on, uh, you, you serve it in a, a big dish of rice, and on the top of the rice, the pieces of meat. With the with the uh, 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 the fanatics and the fundamentalists do is they took the child, they chopped his head, they put him on the top of the rice, and here uh, here we go. They bring it to the to the mother, and this is here is here's your dish now. We have children, young teenagers, youngsters, they were asked to be to convert to Islam, and they refused because that's not what the Christian teaching is. And here we see them crucified in the open. <clears throat> Some of them were tossed in in wells and have them burned. There's so many cases, so many situations that went untold. Through the centuries, there have been more than 30 genocides by Muslims against the Christians. This is a highly traumatized population where more than 50 of their churches have been firebombed since 2003. The faster we can get these people into the lap of Chaldeans in the United States, the better. I can assure you, they'll be taken well care of by those people. I, I've known these people for years and years and years, and some of them are my best friends. They want to help. And they want to not just help by bringing them to America. They want to help over here, in uh, over in Iraq. They want to work with, uh, the, the, in fact, set up shops, so to speak, as, uh, as how to improve the situation there so they can eradicate uh, the, the problem they have now, get them out of uh, both Jordan and Syria and in line to come into the U.S. Now, I know there's an immigration line, but there's a line that we can, we can speed up and certainly make uh, sure that, uh, that everybody's collaborating, working together. And I think we can put some pressure on those that are dragging their feet. Um, we came to America. My grandma, she did some papers and she, we came to America legally. And me, my, my mom, me, my brother, and my dad. Uh, we have, I have another brother. He's left behind in Jordan. He tried going back to Iraq. Um, they kidnapped they kidnapped him. So, and they hit him a lot. We gave money so he could get out. And so he escaped to Jordan and I'm trying everything to bring him back. We like have his information, everything, but we still want him here. My mom, she's real, she's sick. She wants him here. She has the cancer. She wants him here by us, and I want my brother to be my me. Haven't seen him in like six years. So, uh, Christian faith today. Uh, double uh, persecution 
It was for the, their faith, because they are Christian, and this is written by terrorists, and also for their ethnic specificity, which is not Kurdish, which is not Arabic. This is not a shame, and this is not a, a critic for our brothers, Kurdish and Arabic. This is a reality, this is a truth. I can't be what I am not, but I am brother with all those, and I must work with all those, and this is the aim of Christian is just to have this right of citizenship to stay in peace in the country to work in cooperation with everybody she had four assassination attempts on her life during the last attack four of her bodyguards were killed we have a ancient community that is in real risk we have been a contributor to that risk and we have a responsibility to help protect that community and the Christians in Iraq deserve that protection and I and many others here in the Congress and this is not a partisan issue uh, are determined that we are going to do everything we can uh, to give the kind of protection uh, which morality and justice and history requires for that ancient Christian community in Iraq. The Iraqi Christian refugee crisis has been called the largest humanitarian emergency in the world today. The failure of both the Iraqi and the United States governments to protect them has put this ancient community at great risk. Without assistance and public pressure, they are in danger of becoming extinct. Quran-burning threat continues to echo among Islamist radicals. A respected jihad and terrorist threat monitor warned this week that a U.S. pastor's cancel threat to burn the Quran continues to echo among the Islamist radicals. The Middle East Media Research Institute reported on a statement by influential uh, cleric, uh, Islamic cleric, said that Western nations are liable to face attack in response to Jerry Jones' widely condemned plans. They published a news article on his website that states that the general population of Western countries are to be held responsible and punished for the anti-Islamic acts of individuals. He said, despite the fact that Pastor Terry Jones canceled his plans to hold a Quran burning ceremony on the anniversary of 9-11, the episode continues to echo among Islamist radicals. The new article will almost surely be interpreted as a green light from the cleric for attacks in the West. Christians in other parts of the world, chiefly Pakistan and India, face retaliatory attacks in the immediate aftermath of the furrow unsaid to be still living in greater fear for their lives than usual. Barnabas Fun said that the episode has only made life more dif difficult for the country's Christians and that Muslims continue to hold protest rallies. On September the 18th, they burned Bibles, hymn books, and other items of the church in uh, Karachi, and other places in India. They followed an explosion outside a church which injured a policeman and a security guard. A school run by Christians in Kashmir, Indian, was destroyed in an arson attack. And they go on to tell more and more retaliatory actions going on against Christians in, these, in India and different places. Dr. Patrick Sugdeo said, the Quran-burning controversy sparked an international outcry and was rightly condemned by political and religious leaders alike. There is now, however, a danger that the increase and in ongoing threat that this episode created for Christians is being ignored. 
We must pray for their protection. And let me just read you a couple of the prayer requests, and then I'm going to ask you to go to prayer to pray for the Christians in Iraq, the situation there, and also these prayer requests. He says, pray for the Muslim extremists that they will not be provoked into further acts of violence by the preaching of these imams and so on. Secondly, pray for protections of Christians in particularly vulnerable settings such as Pakistan and India. Pray that worldwide Christians will grow in wisdom and discernment in their attempts to challenge and teaching the practices of Islam. We're going to be talking more about this because you know today we talked about the meat situation. I'm going to give you some information next week that will probably just surprise you completely to see how it has already pervaded the Bahamas. Um, Let's go to prayer then for these items right now. And afterwards, we're going to have Alan and Pastor Wendley to read a couple letters and we're going to go into prayer for them. Father, thank you that tonight we can focus on our fellow brothers and sisters who are being persecuted around the world, in particular, Iraq. Lord, we know that watching this tape or this video and hearing the letters only tell part of the story. It is so much more that's going on that we don't hear about. But this is not happening unbeknownst to you. Father, we lift up these precious saints, these fellow believers. And we ask that you would strengthen them. We ask that you would surround them with your love and care. We ask that you would comfort them. We think of those who have lost loved ones. We ask that you would strengthen them in their moment of sadness and bereavement. Those who have uh, have loved ones missing, don't know where they are. Those whose churches have been burnt, um, pastors arrested, imprisoned. Lord, comfort them. Surround them with your love and care. Lord, be near and dear to them as they uh, as they go through these difficult ordeals, Lord, where they are forced to flee from home with nothing. They are forced to leave everything they own behind to go wherever they can find shelter, wherever that may be. So we ask, Father, that you would, in your sovereignty, intervene in these situations, provide a place of safety, provide an opportunity for them to, to gather to worship, Lord, however you choose to do so. We ask that they would finally be free to worship, free to gather, free to assemble, to worship corporately, to, to, to be allowed to, to build a church where they can worship without being hindered. Father, how I pray that you would be with them at this challenging time. We ask, Lord, that as we, uh, as we expose to more of what's happening around the world, that we would develop a greater sensitivity, Lord, to, to, to the freedoms that we do enjoy. And Lord, just be more responsive in, in our prayer and, and, and in any way that we can support these precious saints. Uh, Father, draw us closer to you and help us to, uh, to spend time praying. And Lord, just uh, in whatever way we can support these precious saints. And uh, we're just grateful for being able to be reminded again and to hear uh, firsthand of what's going on in, in Iraq. And uh, we just lift them up to you now in Jesus' name. Our Father, we pause to say, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. You reminded us that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And our hearts sink as we listen to what's going on today in the world in which we live in. But you remind us also that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. And you are never taken by surprise, Lord. You know all that is going on. And my prayer, O oh God, to you tonight is that you would cause 
those who are doing all this to the Christians, Lord, those who are called by your name, that you will draw them to yourself, Father, and cause them to see what it is to carry the name of Jesus Christ, to be called by the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, you, you, you did it with Paul, and you can do it today. And I do pray that this will not go unnoticed, but you, O oh God, will get the glory, the honor, and the praises. Yes, Lord, you are able. There is nothing too hard for you. And we come to you this evening, Lord, reminding you of that, because these are your children, and we commit and commend them to you and ask that you will continue to draw them to yourself. Give them the peace that this world definitely cannot give. All the money that they have cannot give them the peace. Lord, you give them the peace right where they are right now. But you bring justice, Lord, to your people, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Father, we just thank you for reminding us once more of what our brothers and sisters in these countries are going through. It's just so hard for us to get our minds around it, Lord, to see the cruelty and the things that they suffer. Lord, we pray that you would awaken us in this part of the world to do what we can in praying and giving and whatever it takes, Lord. And uh, so, Lord, we just commit these people, especially in Iraq, to you. We pray for the many who are living in other parts, Lord, of the and other countries, Lord, we pray that they would be comforted, Lord, that they would sense your hand of love around them. And Lord, we just pray that one day they will be able to move back into Iraq and live in peace. So Lord, we just commit each one of them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Father, we thank you that, that we can bring our brothers and sisters before you, and we, we, we pray for them. We pray that uh, you would establish a place in Iraq for them uh, where they, they can live and they can propagate the gospel and they can gather as the body of Christ and they can study the word and, and, um, and grow in their faith and uh, not, not be, be hounded um, to, uh, and, and be able to share the faith with those around them. So in Jesus' name we pray that you provide for, for these people. Pray for the government, uh, that, that they would uh, also uh, see the Christians as citizens of the land and in the need of protection, that they would protect them as they, they protect the Muslims. So, Lord, pray that there would be an openness and, uh, and, and a freedom that would be given uh, to, to our brothers and sisters in, in Iraq. Pray that this whole um, uh, upsetting situation with uh, the threat of burning of, of Koran uh, would, would, would just settle out and uh, would, would no, no longer have impact there in that country. So we, we pray for our brothers and sisters, those who have lost loved ones, that you would comfort them. Pray that they would not grow weary in well-doing. They would not uh, uh, bow the knee to, um, to, any, to Islam or anywhere else, but, but stand firm in their faith for Jesus Christ. And we pray that you would encourage them and that you'd help them. Thank you for the organizations such as Barnabas Fund that provide for, for, these, for the church there. Pray that you'd continue to use them for your glory and pray that uh, the example of this church would, uh, would shine around the world and that the church would, uh, would manifest Christ in wonderful ways. Lord, uh, meet the needs of our brothers and sisters in Iraq, we pray. Amen. Father, we also um, praise you for the new government that was elected last week in Iraq. We do pray that um, as a result of this new administration that there would be some freedom leveled uh, or directed towards Christians. Uh, we pray that uh, some uh, uh, 
some way would be made for them to, to be allowed uh, some level of freedom. And we pray, Lord, that, um, that they would find favor in the eyes of the government. But we thank you that a new government has been established, and we're grateful for that. In Jesus' name. Our Father, we confess that we have, those of us who are in the western part of the world, have not faced the kinds of persecution that we have been shown this evening. As a result, we believe, Father, that our faith is weakened as a result. We thank you for the display of faith in these persons, these, your children, our brothers and sisters, who have demonstrated such remarkable faith in you, despite the persecution. But we pray that you will so empower and strengthen them in their resolve to be faithful to you, that like Paul, in the midst of incarceration, their faith will not be shaken, but that they will testify of the love of Christ, even to their enemies. But we ask that you will protect them from the atrocities that they have been experiencing for so long, loving their loved ones to be kidnapped, be tortured, and other abuses. And yet, Lord, their faith remains strong. What a powerful message for us here in the West, so that we too might grow in our faith. Lord, in a sense, we might ask, Lord, may we too experience persecution. We do not have to make those tough decisions as to whether to pay ransom or to see our, our children or family members return to us. Lord, we have taken so much for granted. Yea, Lord, we have sinned against you, and we ask for your forgiveness. Now, Lord, again, we pray that you will so um, encamp around about these, your children, in these parts of the world, as we specifically focus on the Christians in Iraq, that they will continue to be a beacon for you in the midst of the refugee camp, in the midst of the persecution, so that they might know and again experience in a personal way the love of Christ. As we have sung earlier, the one who, as Brother Tillman sang, who is champion of all champions. These things, Father, we ask in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, tonight, um, in spite of the persecution, I reminded that nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. We thank you for the body of Christ that's scattered all over the world. And Lord, as, as we view this video, Lord, I have a great appreciation for the freedom that you have given me to worship you. Father, we pray for our brothers and our sisters around the world, particularly in Iraq. Father, we here want to say how much we do appreciate the freedom we have in the Western world, Lord. So, Father, we know that we find also in your word you said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. In spite of the, the persecution they're going through tonight, Lord. So, Father, we pray that you, the God of all comfort, will comfort our brothers and our sisters in Iraq tonight, Lord. And in spite of the, the great slaughter of the church, we have confidence in you that you will hear us and you will answer our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Continue to to pray. Uh, I just want to read to you uh, at least two two letters from two of our missionary families. We uh, this first one is from Alex and Isabel Jurchik, who are with the Lands of Russian Ministries, and they said uh, thanks and praise to God for a listener from Germany who accepted the Lord Jesus two years ago, and just this month was baptized into the Russian Evangelical Church in Germany. Ludmilla in Minx asked for prayers for her husband, a colonel in the army. He assists with some meetings in the church, but has not yet made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Please pray 
for this brother so that he too uh, might make the decision for Jesus Christ. And then we have another uh, letter from the Drakes who uh, are serving and who we support. And they said, Dear friends, we want to thank you for your continued pledge and support. Uh, we know these are hard economic times and some of our supporting churches are struggling to support their own local ministries. So your gifts come to, in answer to our prayers that the Lord would maintain and somehow even increase our resources to continue to work. He has given us to do among the Guanaco people. Thank you for your prayerful and loving help. Over the past year, Herman and his brother Mario have been teaching an evangelical Bible study. And recently, they concluded the study with a presentation of the meaning of death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as a result, several expressed their desire to put their faith in Christ for salvation. This is encouraging for the whole church. We are now um, ongoing in, in terms of our, our organization, a program, or organizing a program of systematic discipleship. We want to teach the new believers uh, what it means to belong to the family of God. During the evangelical Bible study, they learn that they were separated from God because of their sin, that in the eyes of God, they were like broken branches that had no life because they had been separated from the tree. They may have wanted to fix the problem and perhaps had been doing many religious things, thinking they were pleasing God. Now, they have placed their faith in God's solution. They have been brought near to God because Jesus sacrificed on the cross, erased his sin and separation, and made it possible for them to enjoy a guilt-free, loving fellowship and friendship with God for the very first time. And so, what does it look like in real life? Some of the new believers bring real problems into our church. Roberta is an alcoholic. He lives on his wife's hard work and small income. They have two small little boys who have witnessed their father's binges many times. Roberta knows that he was lost and has placed his faith in Christ as his only hope of salvation and acceptance by God. But he has expressed concern that his drunken lifestyle may be too difficult even for God to fix. Will you pray for Roberta and his wife, Marceline? They are taking their first step of faith together, and we know they will be steps backward as well as steps forward as they learn to trust the Lord, not just with their eternal future, but with their daily life and struggles. We are now a team of believers, along with the Holy Spirit and the living Christ himself, who are committed to giving Roberto and his family the support they need to grow. We know that we can plant and water and weed, but it is God who makes things grow. Thank you for your help in prayer. Thank you for your kind gifts that make our ministry possible. May the Lord richly bless you. Your co-workers, Lindy and Carol Drake. I ask you also at this time that you bless those two uh, for Lindy and Drake. Did you please pray for them as well as for Alex and Isabel Juracek. So let's continue to pray for them. Father, I want to thank you for again the, the opportunity for us to partner with those you have called to, to serve specifically in missions in the local hometown, but as well as those particularly who served abroad in foreign lands. And we think now of Alex and Isabel, who are serving in the lands of Russian ministries. Lord, we thank you for their devotion and their commitment to you. We, we thank you for the listener who called in through the radio program and expressed faith in Jesus Christ. We pray for his uh, growth uh, and towards Christ's likeness and his maturity. Lord, we pray also particularly for the for the lady who is in Minx and her husband who is in the army, but he has not yet placed faith in Jesus Christ, or at least has not publicly declared a personal faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you will so orchestrate circumstances in his life so that he will come to that place where he confesses his, his need for, for Christ and to accept him. 
Christ alone, by faith alone. We thank you in advance, Father, for what you will do as a result so that your kingdom might continue to expand on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. that you've been doing through them and the tribal uh, ministry for so many years. Thank you for their faithfulness. For these individuals now who have come to Christ and are struggling with so many difficulties in their life, we pray that your Holy Spirit might minister to them and cause them to grow in faith and that they might uh, be the means of winning members of their own family as well as their own tribal people to themselves. We pray that you might provide the um, financial support for the Drakes that are needed right now so that they might continue the ministry to which you have called them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is an uh, email that came from Brother Keith uh, just after he was here in early September. And he writes, Praise be to God for his goodness. We do hope you all are doing well. Thank God we are doing well. Just a quick update. I went to the Bahamas for two weeks of ministry. It was great. They had a concert on behalf of OAC Bahamas. Then we conducted a seminar and trained some young people to share their faith when they returned to school. We also took them out onto the street to share their faith. One of them shared with the sketchboard on the playfield, then gave an invitation, and five teens gave their hearts to the Lord. Please pray for them. Uh, they were then to go on to Anguilla for two weeks in, in the middle of September um, uh, to, to minister in schools there and on the streets and also do some training with the sketch board there. Uh, he continues, thank you all for your continued prayer and financial support. We are getting lower on funds as time goes by, but our hope is in the Lord. We won't turn back now. And also please remember our two associates in Jamaica, Evangelist Ronald Hamilton and Pastor Camelio Burnett. Burnett, as they minister in the city and out in the countryside. All for Jesus, Keith and Beverly Phillips. And then also an email from the relics who actually are serving in Argentina now. They used to be in Quito, Ecuador. Our beloved in Christ at Calvary Bible Church, every day we think of you with a heart full of joy, giving praises before his throne for you. You have been and are our partners in spreading the good news, being of great comfort and encouragement to us. Our prayer and concern go, to, go heavenward because of the tremendous idolatry and suicides of adolescents that we see in Entre Rios, specifically in Federacion. So we use every method to reach the, peop the people with the truth, inviting acquaintances for meals, teaching acrylic and oil painting at home, talking to every person as the Holy Spirit leads us, and teaching children's Bible classes. We want to share a few testimonies. Sophia is 10 years old. She comes regularly to hear Bible lessons in the public plaza, where they have about 80 to 120 kids come. One Wednesday, she came early and sat with Elena for a chat. Talking about her family, she said, My real father is in jail for robbery, but we live with my stepfather. He's on drugs. But as you teach us, I know that this is dangerous. We never take pictures for personal safety reasons. And also, Luis is a very young hairdresser. He is interested in philosophy and oriental religion and convinced that every person evolves to better stages, finally reaching perfection. What an opportunity to share about Jesus. We do encourage leaders of other cities and small towns in Entre Rios dealing with idolatry and believers who fall away from the truth. It is heartbreaking. Andres preaches a lot in some of the churches, and Elena has wonderful experiences serving in Los Charruos, which is about 50 miles from where they live in Federacion, where non-believers are touched by the word. Those few Christian visionary ladies are enthusiastically visiting the homes of those who need counseling or prayers. Praise God. In October... We and a missionary friend of ours, Pastor Gonzalez, will take a long missionary trip to Misiones. And in November, 
They plan to visit the Tobo indigenous people in Formosa for pastors' workshops and to provide humanitarian help too. And here are some of their prayer requests. Pray for our health and needed strength, for our many non-believer friends, for Argentina's moral and spiritual decay. Pray also for their son-in-law who's been diagnosed with diabetes and uh, the, uh, the prescribed medication makes him very sick. Pray also for our planned home ministry assignment uh, in September, October of next year. Uh, they're waiting approval from headquarters uh, for that time. And they've been invited to, um, to minister in, in Kansas at a missions conference in October. We would love to visit with you, your missionaries, Andre and Elena Relic. Lead prayer for um, Keith and then the Relics, please, as we close. Father, as we continue in your presence tonight, we want to thank you so much for being such a loving, wonderful Father. And as we sit and we hear and listen of our brothers and sisters and their concerns, Father, we bring before you Philip and Beverly um, from Jamaica, Lord, and their concerns, Father, their financial concerns, their health concerns, as well as their continuous work for you, Lord, in the ministry of teaching boys and girls and also leading them to the gospel through the gospel of Christ. We pray to God for the souls that they uh, brought to you, Father. We pray that they will remain. There will be fruit that will remain. We pray, God, that these, whole, these young people that have come to a saving knowledge of yourself would grow in grace and in the knowledge of yourself, that you will, by the help of your Holy Spirit, continue to enlighten their hearts and minds as they uh, uh Spend time in your word, and as your word is read to them, and as they have opportunity to get into your word, that you would help them to understand exactly what it's saying to them, that they would be able to apply to their lives and live accordingly. We just pray also, Father, for um, the travels and the plans that um, Keith and um, Beverly have, Lord, and we pray that you would just work out the situations in their lives, that you know you would be honored and glorified as a result of all that um, they have done, Lord, as they continue to commit their way to you, Father. And we pray also for the relics, Lord. We pray for the concerns that they may have, especially, their God, with the um, folks that they're working with and the um, many challenges that they face. Father, again, we know that you're more than able to sustain, to, to keep them, to provide for them, to give them wisdom, to give them direction, to give them help, Father God, however it's needed. Father, I pray to God that you would just hear the concerns of your children, Father, and um, meet their needs. You are only hope, Father, and we call on you tonight to just continue to comfort their hearts and, and whisper your sweet peace to them, Father, and may they continue to rest in you, know that you are um, still on the throne and is still in control. Thank you for the opportunity to minister Thank you, dear God, for the opportunity to um, continue to uh, work with you and for you in this vineyard. And we pray that as the, those on the field continue to work, Father, that you would continue to work out things in their lives, that they would continue, dear God, to bring honor and glory to your name. Be pleased to get glory for yourself, Lord, as we continue to look to you and call upon you, for you are indeed, again, our only hope. For this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. God's people said, Amen. I want to encourage you to pray for all of the missionaries, but especially the Iraqi situation, and just try to imagine if it was you and your children in that situation. And remember, they're our family, family of God. We need to be praying for them. For your information, too, as far as our missions program is concerned, we are sending a little money to the Barnabas Fund to help with the Iraqi refugee situation. It isn't much right now, um, so if you want to pray and think about that, uh, it's still an opportunity for you to give towards helping the Iraqi refugees. As we close, I just want to read a passage from the Word of God. 
This is Hebrews chapter 11. We call it the uh, Hall of Faith. And um, the writer is saying in verse 32, And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, Samuel, and the prophets, and who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies in flight. Women received back the dead by resurrection. God is still a God of miracles. Amen? He raised the dead. He can free our people. He can also give them strength to sustain themselves. Women received back the dead by resurrection. And others were tortured. Not accepting their release. So that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experience mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. That sounds foreign to us, doesn't it? But these are daily occurrences that are going on with our brothers and sisters in Iraq and India and so on. Just think of having to face an ordeal of having your child cut up and presented to you on a platter. That's only one instant. Is going on all the time. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, and chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. I notice this phrase, and this is what came to mind. Men, and we could say of women, of whom the world was not worthy. Did you get that? These kind of people who are tortured for their faith, God calls them people of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the grounds like animals. But those are the kind of people of whom the world is not worthy. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. God has something good planned for all of his people. Amen? Amen? Even those. And the individuals who are going through persecution. You know, we have stories. I'll bring you some videos sometimes. of the people says, don't pray that we are freed. Just pray for strength that we uphold to show who Christ is in the midst of our suffering. So ask God for wisdom and you pray. Maybe God won't want to take all of them out. We need to pray for God's sustaining strength. Brothers and sisters, let's pray for our brothers and sisters in need. The Bible tells us that when they sorrow, we should sorrow as well. Amen? The Lord be with you. Until we meet again. Selah.